Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Amy Barling. I thank you so much, as always, for tuning in and allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. The Kings get another win tonight. Time at the Chase Center. San Francisco beating the Golden State Warriors 112-94. The Kings have now won nine of their last 13 games with Oklahoma City coming up on Thursday and the Memphis Grizzlies coming up on Friday. Uh, some takeaways from this game. Uh, as always, we'll have Luke Walton's post-game press conference coming up here. Uh, and we'll give you our thoughts here on this game. If you want, want to connect with the show, you can do that anytime that you would like. 916 916- 888-5898. That's our 24-7 text line here. Again, 916-888-5898. If you're a subscriber on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate that. If you haven't rated or reviewed the show yet, please do that. If you're a subscriber anywhere, uh, we appreciate that. And if you're not yet, what are you waiting for? Uh, hit the subscribe button. Tell all your Kings friends about this podcast that we do uh, after Sacramento Kings games. And a, a good win for them tonight. And, you know... it. Nine out of twelve. That's good. Or excuse me, nine out of thirteen. That's good looking stuff. This is a game that you you walked in and you go, yeah. The only bad outcome is a loss. Like you, you just don't want the Kings to lose this one. The Warriors, they're the worst team in the league. It's weird watching that team right now because, well, one, they stink, and two, most of their roster is unrecognizable. You know, we've seen the Warriors play in the NBA championship for the last five years, the NBA finals for the last five years. We've seen them loaded with uh, multiple all-stars and multiple Olympians, and that, that's just not ca- the case for the team right now. Uh, the major news that hit the Golden State Warriors occurred before the game uh, when it was announced that Steph Curry is set to return to the lineup this weekend. Uh, Steph Curry will play for the Golden State Warriors on uh Sunday uh, but that has nothing to do with us that has nothing to do with tonight's game that has nothing to do uh, with the Sacramento Kings the major takeaways from this game for let's, first let's talk about the off the court stuff the Celtics beat the Blazers tonight uh, a game that the Celtics really needed to have Lakers beat the Pelicans uh, LeBron tired of all this Zion Williamson nonsense and put up 40 points and you know with the Kings win tonight that puts all three of those teams now Tied in the loss column at 33. It's like, okay, you, you've got a very tough game against the Oklahoma City Thunder coming up this weekend. Oklahoma City very much playoff bound. They're competing right now. Uh, they're, they're, they're no longer competing for a playoff spot. They could be competing for a seat as high as four, uh, potentially even higher if things go south, uh, just a little bit south, not far south. Just a, just a, we're talking like South Sacramento South, not Los Angeles. They could, they could catch the Clippers. You know, they could catch the Denver Nuggets. I think in 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 all likelihood, we're probably talking about a situation more where it's the Lakers, Nuggets, and Clippers. Uh, the more more specifically, it's the Lakers at one. It's either the Nuggets or the Clippers at two. Maybe the Rockets, the Jazz, the Thunder, and the Dallas Mavericks, they're competing uh, for that third, four, five, six. They're they're competing in that range right there in seventh spot. And then you have uh, the Memphis Grizzlies right now who are sitting 
at 28 and 29, and they're just trying to fend off all of these teams that aren't really playing well. You know, you you you've got the Pelicans now, 33 losses. Uh, they're they were a team in. Overall, they're still playing well. They just ran into the Los Angeles Lakers tonight. You know, they ran into the best team in the Western Conference. Uh, absolutely nothing has happened with the Portland Trailblazers, uh, even with Dame Lillard at one point scoring damn near 50 points a game. It's just it, it nothing has been enough for that team. So they're sitting at 26 and 33. We mentioned the loss totals uh, for these teams a moment ago. Blazers are sitting at 26 and 33. The Pelicans are sitting at 25 and and 33. You've got San Antonio wedged in there at 24 and 32. And then you've got your Sacramento Kings at 24 and 33. Kings, you know, we mentioned the sat nine of their last 14. They've won three in a row. It doesn't matter that they beat a bad team like the Golden State Warriors. Everybody plays the Golden State Warriors. And if you're in the Western Conference, you play the Golden State Warriors multiple times. You got to take advantage of those games. I know the Phoenix Suns are, are, are right behind the, 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 the Kings in the standings. Uh, I don't see it uh, in, in the Timberwolves and in the Golden State Warriors. They're, they're completely out of it. So the question is, you know, <laughs> the question is, can, can, can Portland, uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, or, or Sacramento, like, or, or can those teams catch the Memphis Grizzlies? And, again, the Grizzlies three games ahead right now. For the uh, for Sacramento, they're three and a half games ahead. Actually, for Sacramento, they're they're four full games ahead uh, because they're a, a game in the win loss uh, column behind. You look at Portland, eh? New Orleans, maybe. Like New Orleans is the one, and and maybe it's because I'm watching them a little bit more lately. But the Pelicans are the one lately where it's like, oh, man, that's tough. We're acting like this is the first time Sacramento has played really well this year. It's not. I know their record is dismal, and it's an incredibly frustrating to be here entering. You know, we're we're, we're approaching the final f- month and a half of the season, and the team's, you know, they're 24 and 33, and we're trying to shape this out. Well, like, hey, it's okay, because they're competing for a playoff spot. I had this thought earlier, and, and you know, like, hear me out all the way. Obviously, we'd all be happy if the Kings made the playoffs. I mean, that's that's silly. Like, the circumstances be damned. You're going to be happy if the Kings make the playoffs. But my question for you is, are you optimistic about the Kings if they make the playoffs, but they have a... I don't know how you measure the term significant. Let's just say for argument's sake, we're at 24 right now. Portland's at 26. Memphis is at 28 wins. Let's say for argument's sake, the Kings get to 36 wins, 37 wins. That's two less than last year, but they make the playoffs. Are you optimistic about their future? Again, you take the playoff berth. You don't sneeze at a playoff berth. You don't turn your nose up at it. You don't walk away from it. You don't poo-poo on it. You take it. But are you, once the offseason gets here, are you like, oh, man, I'm so excited because the Kings made the playoffs even though they regressed by two games? Or... You look at it and go, man, the Kings made the playoffs despite the fact Marvin Bagley wasn't around. Um, Harry Giles is, you know, had Harry Giles played 24 minutes tonight. He was a rebound short, you know, of his second straight double-double. The frustrating part about being that rebound short is I think he was a rebound short through most of the fourth quarter. 
You know, 13 points, four assists, rebounds on the surface. It looks really good, it, it, especially with, you know, everything going on, you know, with Harry Giles this year and the Kings not picking up his option and all of those different things. Like, on the surface, that looks really good. But if you watch the game, he, he had some lapses defensively that were really frustrating. I mean, this isn't Dre, Clay, and Steph out there. Like, this, this was a... You know, a group of ragtag players, they're, they're all NBA guys. Like, I understand that. But it felt like, I don't know if, I don't know if Harry didn't know, you know, certain defensive assignments. I don't know if Steve Kerr's offense outsmarted him or if he just kind of fell asleep. But it seemed to have happened on multiple occasions where Harry Giles' defense was kind of a frustrating sticking point as you're watching this game because the the the, the Kings made various runs, or excuse me, the Warriors made various runs through this game and in, in a variety of positions where it looked like th- this game was over. It was done for. Kings Kings were in good shape. There was a point at the start of the third where you, you felt like, all right, man, this 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 thing might be over. Let, let's outline this game uh, before we get to uh, Luke Walton's uh, press conference here. The Kings led 33-22. to 22. After one, they didn't turn the ball over till the four-minute mark there in the first quarter, so they did a good job. And I think I, I checked uh, last time in the fourth quarter. That's something that that may, that they maintained uh, through the course of the game. They did not turn the ball over a lot. They they didn't have a whole lot. Well, it, it wound up getting the double digits. They turned the ball over ten times. The Golden State Warriors turned the ball over uh, seventeen. There was a stretch, you know, they didn't turn the ball over to the four-minute mark. I think they turned the ball over on the next possession, so they actually turned it over twice in a row. Point being, they did a good job for the most part of, of, of protecting the ball. Harrison Barnes with another fantastic first quarter. He's been playing really, really well uh, for the Sacramento Kings lately. Uh, there was a point of concern there uh, for the briefest of moments as De'Aaron Fox disappeared into the locker room for a few minutes. He was dealing with a shoulder issue, but he reemerged and, and, and seems to be fine, and the Kings kind of coasted to a a 55-43 to 43 lead at halftime. Uh, and if you want to coast uh, over to mybookie.ag uh, to make your predictions a reality, you should do that. It's one of the best sports books uh, available to you. I don't know if they've got XFL on the docket. I need to go check out mybookie.ag and see if they got XFL out there. I know they've got the NBA uh, so if you want to add a little excitement to your games, uh, you could pull your bets together for bigger payouts. Uh, my bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. If you deposit $100, you'll get an extra $50 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use the promo code TODAY. That activates that offer. That's the promo code. I'm not saying go there today. I'm saying use the promo code today. You should go there today, and you should use the promo code today because that promo code uh, gets you what I just mentioned. They'll match you up to your deposit halfway. So, again, if you throw in $2,000, they'll give you an extra $1,000 of free money to play with. MyBookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. That lead we talked about just a moment ago, that 55-43 to 43 lead at halftime, it ballooned up to 18 at one point early in the minutes of the second half, saw a 16-2 to two run by the Golden State Warriors shrink that lead all the way down to four. It was 
59. And I still, even at that moment, it was more frustrating than anything else. Like the Warriors never led in this game. Uh, and I, even when it got to 63-59, it's like, nah. The Kings, you know, they're having moments. They're having lapses where they're playing bad. They're not playing that bad. The teams went back and forth at this point. And the Kings, you know, I guess this is probably something we should have talked about at the very, very tip top of the show. Kings free throw shooting, their struggles, they were really highlighted here in the third quarter. That's really what kept the Golden State Warriors in the game. Uh, Kings wound up going up eight, uh, entering the fourth quarter. It was 83-71, to 71, and Buddy Heald, who had been virtually non-existent for the first three quarters, uh, decided to kind of take things over. The Kings hit uh, three threes in the opening minutes of the fourth, and that popped the lead back up to 17. It wasn't over yet. Uh, as a few minutes later, a bad possession by Bogey offensively. He he took a three early in the shot clock and then fell asleep defensively. Uh, Warriors were able to cut the lead back down, but really it was all inconsequential as Buddy Heels three-pointers there in that fourth quarter were enough to stretch out that lead for the Sacramento Kings, keep them in a, un, uh, keep them in a comfortable zi- position, and the Kings wind up winning this one 112 to 94, uh, going to 24 and 33 on the season. The Golden State Warriors now 12 and 46. As we mentioned, Steph Curry will return to the lineup on Sunday. I mentioned the free throw shooting there just a moment ago. This is a problem that has plagued the Sacramento Kings, it seems like, for the entire season. 19 of 34. Uh, from the free line, free throw line. Here's Luke Walton. We locked into what we were trying to uh, game plan wise, defensively, offensively, execution. Um, and I, I love seeing that because I feel like it's been every game like that since we got back from All Star. As far as the the mentality that we want to we want to have. Um, Harrison was really really good to start the game. You know, kind of built a, a cushion for us and you know De'Aaron was good down the stretch we got to be much better we got to make free throws that's you know you miss that many free throws uh, you won't win a lot of a lot, a lot of nights and you know we got we got lucky that Golden State uh, missed so many threes because they had some good looks and they just they just weren't going in so um, got a little lucky with that but overall I thought it was a, a pretty a pretty solid effort uh, again by our by our group. Does this show a little bit of growth just in the sense of earlier in the season? You know, you'd play up to really great teams and a little bit down. Does it show growth in terms of being able to come out with this one? Yeah, I think we continue to show growth as far as, you know, just being a steady basketball team. And that's what we talk about. It's, it's not always about just the game you're playing, but when you're when we're in the middle of building something, which, which we are, uh, it's more about just the habits and developing that mindset that you're talking about. It doesn't matter if you're playing a great team or a team with a bad record. We come out and, and play the same type of way. And that's, I think, in a small sample size since All-Star, we've done a pretty good job of that where we're just... Uh, you know, we're executing how we how we want to execute, and you're not always going to make shot, you're not, shots. You're not always going to win, but it, uh, it feels like that that growth and that part of our, our team and our game is, is happening. You really truly never know what's going to happen uh, going into the playoffs, and with Portland losing tonight and New Orleans losing tonight, and you guys all having 33 losses, is this something that you point out to the guys and have them keep an eye on just for faith, maybe? No. Um, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. We've talked about it once or two times throughout the year um, as, a, as a big goal. 
Um, but the, the, the way you achieve your big goals is by focusing on the on the present and, and what we're working on and, and showing up and, and playing uh, a certain style every night. And if we do that, then we'll give ourselves a better chance to achieve the big goal at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, we talk a lot of times about, you know, outside pressures and outside noises. All that does is, is add more to the plate. So I know our guys know where we're at. I know that, you know, even though we're not talking about it, it's not uh, like we're unaware of it. But where our mindset and our focus and what my messaging as a coach is um, going forward is just going to be about what are we doing tomorrow? How are we going to get better? And what are we going to do in, in, the, in whatever game we have coming up next? But he seemed a little off on Saturday, and then tonight he started off really slow. Um, but he comes back to score over 15 points in the fourth. How much do you need him to find his uh, way? A lot. He's, we're, he's a big part of us having any success, and we need him to... Um, you know, we need him locked in and, and ready uh, to go on those type of scoring explosions all, all the time. And I know he's not. Um, he's not always going to uh, make shots. You know, teams, defenses are keyed in on him. They, they're not going to make it easy on him. But when he finds a way to knock some of those down, it's it's huge for our team's overall success. You got another big night from Bazemore. Just how much has he changed the culture and sort of the energy of your team? Well, I wouldn't say that he's changed uh, changed it, but he's helped get it to where we're trying to go. And it's you know we talk about being on a journey together, and it's it's you know it's how you how you practice, how you communicate, how you talk, uh, you know how you work. And Bazemore's great at those things, and Corey's great at those things. Um, you know, for the, the the few months we had Trevor here, Trevor was good at those things. It just takes time, and it takes time for it to start wearing off on on other guys, and then them uh, getting involved and in being that type of group. So, uh, Baze is a big part of it, uh, and he's helping us get to where we want to go. Yeah, something we didn't bring up there uh, as we were running down the game. Another really solid performance in the 31 minutes that Kent Bazemore played. Great stuff from Corey Joseph as well. Um, no no, no sign of Yogi Ferrell. You know, I'm a Yogi guy. I think I'm going to get a, a T-shirt made uh, that says I'm a Yogi guy. Uh, no Jabari Parker either. Jeez. Yeah, I don't mean that from a Kings standpoint, jeez. I mean that from a, a Jabari Parker standpoint, jeez. Like, man, this this dude was... He was part of a draft class that was supposed to be like the future of the league. And man, oh man, that has not worked out the way so many uh, thought that it would with Andrew Wiggins being the other guy and, of course, Joel Embiid uh, being the one that panned out the absolute best. Before we uh, went to Luke Walton there, uh, we were touching on the struggles that the Kings again have had uh, at the foul line. 55 0.9% from the foul line, uh, 19 of 34. Just for context purposes, the Kings were 13 of 30 from three. 13 of 30 from three, 19 of 34 from the foul line. Again, 55.9% uh, for the Sacramento Kings. Again, with De'Aaron Fox, you know, leading the way isn't the right term to f use, but he led the way in terms of, Poor free throw shooting. You know, he was four of nine. Kent Bazemore, you know, as much as as, as he did a lot of that grunt work uh, that the Kings, ha they haven't had too many players on their teams that do that type of stuff. He was three of eight from the line. Uh, Harry Giles, three of six. 
Uh, you know, Harry Giles, you kind of you kind of look past, but but Bazemore and and particularly Fox, man, Fox shooting, Fox shooting in the fifties is just an that's that's just absolutely insane. De'Aaron Fox should be shooting close to thirty percent more, at minimum twenty. And, you know, this is one of those games where if you really want to, you know, look for something to bitch and complain about, you could use that tried and true, tired, you know, tested you know, sports talk radio line. Well, if the Kings were playing any other team in the league, they would have lost this game. That's dumb. Maybe it's true, but it's dumb. I don't expect the Sacramento Kings to come out with the same effort against the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Memphis Grizzlies that they did against the, the the Golden State Warriors. And maybe it's not even that their effort was bad if there are lapses where they allow either of those teams, you know, to go on runs that we saw the Warriors go on. Uh, that's going to be bad news for the Sacramento Kings. Bad foul shooting is just something, you know, we, we could be excited about, you know, where they're at in, in, in terms of the playoff picture. We can be excited at the fact that, you know, None of us really believe in Memphis. Like we probably like John. We like some of the guys that, that we we like what they're building, right? Like just as basketball fans, we like what they're building. Is anybody shocked that they've kind of come back down to earth here and they're sitting at 20, 28 and 29? I mean, no one even saw Memphis in this position. We saw San Antonio in this position. We saw Portland in this position. Maybe some people thought, ah, you know, New Orleans, they, they could be good enough to be in this position. Hell, some of you may be entering the, the, the season thought the, the Kings would be in this position. They would be in that eight spot. But if the Kings are going to continue to shoot 50% from the foul line through the remainder of the season, you know, if they're shooting sub 60% for the remainder of the season, it ain't happening, fam. Like it's 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 just not because there's going to be far too many two games, far too many close games against teams that are, I mean, you you, you look at the teams that even if they're not fighting for a playoff spot they're fighting for playoff position and much like we had a year ago you've got two teams two three four five six all within a handful of games of each other stretch it out a little little bit further you throw the Dallas Mavericks into the conversation you know they're sitting there at seven so there's a lot of things that the Kings have to correct but there are absolutely a lot of things that uh, as a Kings fan uh, you could be very, very happy about, uh, particularly uh, the recent play of Harry Giles, the stellar play lately of Harrison Barnes. De'Aaron Fox has, you know, he's had a really good season. It just hasn't gotten any attention uh, because of, you know, where the Kings are. And the addition of Kent Bazemore continues to be just a, a, just absolutely fantastic. Uh, for the Sacramento Kings, as are you. Appreciate you so much for tuning in as you do so often. Appreciate you so much for allowing me and the folks over here at Hoopball to be a part of your Sacramento Kings coverage. It is a busy week here on the Sacramento Kings podcast as we've got the Oklahoma City coming up on Thursday. We'll be with you post game, And then on the second night of a back-to-back, we're going to cover both of those games. Uh, we will have the... Memphis Grizzlies uh, from Memphis. So uh, we've got you covered for the rest of the week here on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the HoopBall Podcast Network. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. 
coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.